welcome back to another episode of spatula stories thank you for always being with us and listening and to start us off i just want to say happy birthday to olga who is a co-host today (laughs) i survived one more year around the earth and now here's another one yay and today in addition to olga we also have joel and we have tabitha so just because we're in the spirit of birthdays the icebreaker question for today would be how did you celebrate your birthday last year what if your birthday was already in the past this this year does this come oh this okay year? yeah yeah okay how did you celebrate your last birthday your last birthday yeah okay thank you for that clarifying. <laughs> Somebody can go ahead. I'm trying to remember what I did for my birthday. <laughs> like our, I just most, assume, our most recent birthday? Yeah, I just assume everybody has a fall birthday because like we're, I don't know. Fall? Yeah, like a, isn't the summer. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought it was August. I'm fall. also summer, so I yeah. used to, I grew up assuming just everyone's birthday was in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> same, same here. I'm like, what do you mean your birthday isn't during summer vacation? You don't have the full, yeah. yeah. I grew. I always <laughs> missed my birthday during the school year. So like Aww. we never got to celebrate. Everybody got to celebrate their birthday during the school oh, year. June first. Mm. Yeah. So oh, that is so what, unfortunate. School, so we ended in like in May usually. Oh. So you were worth celebrating, Joel. We love. Oh my! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> how did you celebrate your birthday? Your last birthday. I'm honestly trying to remember what I did on my birthday. <laughs> I, I think I was actually. We had, I think my birthday was like on a Wednesday. So I was actually for choir, mm. for band rehearsal. So I was working on my birthday. What a beautiful way to celebrate by serving. Like the actual wow. day of my birthday, but we had like dinner or whatever <laughs> later in the week. But the day of, I actually was working. But there you go. That's a reply I would have expected from me soon. I thought about it. Immediately I said it. I was like, Tabitha has infiltrated my brain. This is a Tabitha response. <laughs> <laughs> so <Whoa>. proud. <laughs> Um, I, my birthday is also in the past, so I, I can go, oh, wow. This year was kind of a milestone year, um, for sure. Um, what did I do? <clears throat> I was in Atlanta for my birthday. I tend to be in Atlanta. That's where my family, um, parents, most of my family lives. So I was back there, um, and I kind of oscillate how I want a birthday to look like mm-hmm. and never had really strong feelings about it. Um, but usually family is a big feature of my birthdays. Um, and whether that's here in San Francisco, so family here, um, church family, or um, back home. Um, but uh, this year, this year, um, the my parents met the guy that I'm dating right now. Ooh. So that was a big Ooh. thing. Um, but it was a really special uh, birthday for sure. Um, yeah, and it looked like just family picnic by the lake. Oh, and uh, cool. afterwards, a huge rainstorm came upon us. And we were like rushing to like throw things inside the car. Yeah, it was a wild adventure, but definitely memorable. Mm. Um and so we we definitely got rained out, um, but definitely one I will look back fondly upon. So, nice. yeah, birthday rainstorms mm. recommend them. They're fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. It really was. It was. It was fun. Yeah. 
Olga, you can decide to tell us about this birthday and your plans or your last one, whichever you decide. Can I do both? Oh, yes. Yeah, the birthday girl. Go. Take, go, why not? go home. <laughs> so last year, uh, so, okay, backtracking a bit. My car likes to give me a birthday gift every year for the past three years. Um, so last year on my birthday, which was Friday the 13th too, <laughs> um, I was in an auto shop paying for my car. The, my aunt drove me. I, I, my aunt actually drove me and I was in the auto shop paying for my car to get it back after it got its um, alternator change plus the timing belt and I think one more belt. Um, prior to that, it was in the shop for a week at the uh, dealership. Um, that was not a fun experience and I was very livid with that dealership. Um, so that was how I spent my birthday last year. Oh, I also got brunch with my aunt and my cousin, which was really nice and lovely. Um, and then I spent time with family in the evening. And this year, um, I have kind of, uh, decided to celebrate the whole weekend. So, uh, hosted a brunch in the morning, uh, since we're recording this in the mm -hmm. afternoon now. Um, and then this evening we're going to a jazz club and then tomorrow I'm going hiking for pancakes. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, for me, my um, last birthday, probably my favorite birthday, because I almost never celebrate my birthdays. I just use birthday so many times in one sentence. It's stressing me out. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, for my last birthday, I was at work. But like the way I celebrated it was I went to see Simone Biles. Oh, my goodness. I am still like over the moon about it. She came to San Francisco. And if you know one thing about Sumi, here's your takeaway. She loves American Sign Language and she's obsessed with Simone Biles. Oh, goodness. Anyways, so yes. Oh, and she's a Christian. You should probably know that part too. <laughs> and then the love for Simone. <laughs> yes. But yeah, she came and she's even more fantastic in person. Her jumps are even higher in person. I was literally crying and someone in the audience was like, oh, are you a gymnast? I'm like, no, I just love her. <laughs> so yes, that's why I did it for my birthday. The end. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the actual topic for today. Today's topic is probably a little bit heavier, but something that I've been seeing and I imagine that many other people have been seeing, like talked about more often on social media amongst people is just church hurt. And I feel like more and more people are discussing like what are signs of a healthy church? How do you avoid joining a church that could potentially hurt you in the future? What are green flags? What are red flags that you could look for just to be aware? And I decided to go on Instagram. I went on TikTok, the, you know, sites for knowledge gaining. And <laughs> I gathered just like, just from different people. I watched a bunch of videos and I created a list of things that different people were like, oh, this is a red flag. This is it. And I think it will be good for us to discuss. Do we agree? Do we disagree? Mm -hmm. This is not at all supposed to bash any one church, by the way. We're not going to be listing specific churches, just discussing, because most of these, I believe, are more nuanced than just this is or this isn't. So yeah, to start us off, oh, first of all, I should say one of the red flags that someone said was if a pastor calls his wife hot from the pulpit. <laughs> They were like instant red flag. And they actually made like a hugely convincing argument about this. But then I was like, oh my, okay. But we're not going to be discussing that one because, well, that's just awkward. <laughs> the first one that I'll start with is someone said public church discipline, calling someone out in front of the whole church. Is this, they consider this a red flag, but I'd love to hear what do you guys think? That, 
that's hot out the gate. <laughs> like yeah. the pastor's wife. <laughs> We've lost to wow. me for a minute. We lost to me. Backtracking to that first one. <laughs> um. Wow. I um mm. I have mixed feelings about this. Um I have seen this level in churches um, not play out very well. In my experience, I'm not a big fan of it. I I know in the New Testament it it's mentioned. Um, however, I've seen it used in a way of shaming people, mm-hmm. um, and w- which then further develops into ostracizing, excuse me, uh, the party. Mm. Um, Sometimes both parties, if there are multiple parties involved. Yeah. I I think it's, if it's done wisely, it might be great, but I'm not a big fan of it. I I do kind of view it as a red flag in some ways, Mm. um, depending on how it's used. Um, those are my, I guess, two cents on that. Can I just quickly, because you did reference that it's mentioned, so just in case like there's someone listening who doesn't know what Oga is referring to. So this is in Matthew 18 verses 15 to 20. And I'll just read it just so we're all aware. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Yeah, I think that's about where it stops. Yeah, so just so we're aware. Yeah, I I have a few thoughts and it's funny because over the years, Olga, you and I have kind of, this has come up in our discussions. Um, And I would say church discipline itself, not a red flag at all. In fact, it's a, you know, big green flag, like Mm -hmm. a healthy church discipline should be there, should exist. And I think maybe just asking the question of, of what is church discipline or maybe what's the role, like what's the role of church discipline. So I think you just kind of pretty much define from the Matthew passage of what it is. But um, I think the goal, how I, my perspective of, how, of what I've heard also, and I think it, it's, it's uh, stays true to um, what the goal of church discipline is, is to um, not to ostracize or to isolate or to condemn or to, um, cast out because I think sometimes that's the result, but that should not be ever the goal. I mean, like, should be reconciliation and like, repair, and um, it should be uh, there should be like a feature of resolution. And if church discipline does occur, let's say party A and party B, um, and I think the passage from Matthew is also like a very tiered approach. So I think it would be a red flag if it goes okay, someone's in. I'm going to stand up Sunday morning and mm-hmm. you know put this person on blast <laughs> and. We we this ha- we know that this has happened. Yeah. Um. In we've heard of this happening. Um. But there's like a tiered approach. So you go to that person, you address that person, right? You're not gossiping or you know uh, whispering behind someone's back. You no, know, you address it with that person like a brother, and then you take the next step. Like if that doesn't re- lead to resolution or reconciliation, and then you es- it's kind of an escalation. And so I would say um, 
I think I would agree. <laughs> the public, direct public, uh, um, direct, uh, going directly to uh, public discipline, like church discipline, pr- probably would be a red flag. I think it would it would maybe call into question about, and I don't know, like maybe I, I didn't see the other steps that went before that. So maybe I can't speak from knowing the full picture of it, but um, I think there it's definitely nuanced. There should be a lot of wisdom. There should be church discipline, but the goal being resolution, this person coming back within the fold of uh, fellowship and uh, not to shame. Cause that's not, you know, that's not what the gospel is preaching either. Um, and so, uh, and, and I'm not sharing an ant, like I'm not being split on this, like, oh, it is. But I think there needs to be a lot of wisdom, mm-hmm. which is why I love how that passage really lays it out. Um, and then um, there was another thought I had, but um, yeah, I feel like I've, people have been damaged by this mm-hmm. um, and um, more of a, and I think it's also damaging for those who've received it, but also who, those who have witnessed it. Because you can see, well, this person was disciplined and now they're gone, like mm. maybe from this church or not walking with the Lord anymore. There's been like a rejection of faith. And so I feel like there's a, there's a call for wisdom and seeing how leadership does it well and maintaining like the the goal of it. Like what's the goal of, of church mm. discipline? So hopefully my my thoughts aren't too scattered, but that's that's some of my thought about on it. Yeah, I think mine would be fairly similar. Um I mean, I grew up in a fairly really legalistic church, so I've seen it. I've seen church discipline done not well. I mean, just the damage it causes after. Um, So, I mean, I do believe, like, I think just what the Matthew passage is talking about, just going, approaching the person first, and then, you know, as that process Mm -hmm. keeps going, if they're unrepentant, whatever that may be, at some point there has to be, like, a public, you know, but also mm-hmm. kind of the whole trying to bring them back into the fold and restoration. So, and because I feel that's where my growing up kind of bringing like there was all the judgment, but it was never the restoration back into the community. So for me, that was always the troubling part of it. So, mm. I mean, and now that I'm on the, I've, for most of my adult life, I've been the pastoral side of things. Like that's even given me like a more even heightened sense of like making sure that it's done right. Um, and having have to go through that process before. Like, it's ugly, but it's good if it's, I've seen it when it's done well and it brings restoration. There's pain along the way. That's going to happen regardless because we're dealing Mm -hmm. with sin. So however it affects, you know, the church, um, whatever parties are involved. So that's almost like inevitability that there's going to be pain along the way. But just kind of like on the other side of it, it's done well just to see how, um, I mean, obviously things might not get fully resolved, but just to see how things might be better on the other end. So that's that's the way I've, you know, kind of my first experience. Yeah, I have an additional comment um, that I thought of as as Joel was speaking, like from the perspective of being on like the ministry pastoral side, is I'm wondering if the more public the discipline and also maybe is a feature of that, the role of that person in the church. So maybe if they're leading and the impact is, has, is a, larger impact um yeah so i i know we're not speaking specifically about churches but for example um um there is this sbc um news that's hap- that we've kind of grappling with this summer and um i for one i'm just really glad that it's being talked about on such a like, public scale because the impact of it is so horrible and terrible and grievous and i feel like 
in a, even in, it's only a small way, but even in a small way, like I, I am brought like comfort by the fact that this is no longer being kept in the dark. So I don't know, if, I don't know if this falls in line with church discipline, but for, I've been thinking about, well, actually maybe if it's like a pastor or a leadership role, then it should be on a larger scale. So I think there's, I think there's wisdom and discernment that has to happen. And when it, the direct route is just putting someone on blast, that's not healthy, helpful, and not really restoring. So, but anyway, that's a thought I had. I like that. I, I didn't even think about that, but I think that's a really good point. First of all, I actually have never been in a church that did church. Just like, at least I never saw someone being like called out to the congregation and it's like, oh, this person sinned. So I actually do have no context for this. But I do like the, I, I don't know, that that does seem appropriate. Like depending on the level or the person's position or even what who the sin affects maybe, like that does impact like who it's brought to as in like who the church is. Because yeah, I don't, yeah. So I think I agree with that. When I was discussing this with mm. someone, actually, they brought up a a point that was like, oh, this is a good additional question. They said, is this a red flag if you see a church actually that seems to have a lot of church discipline or like a church that doesn't, like maybe you've been at the church for many years and there hasn't been any case of church discipline or perhaps the other end where like you've been at a church for a couple of years and there seems to be a lot of cases of church discipline. Should you be concerned on either end? I would say, I think it would depend on the cases, like mm. what what's being brought up within that church. Mm. Um, I've seen it, I grew up in a church where only specific um specific sins were brought up mm. um, and it was done poorly. Mm. Um, it, it, the reconciliation part it was lacking. Um, and I think, yeah, looking at the cases of what, what is, what is being brought up, if it's only targeted on certain things or if it's, um, a variety of things, then I, I think it might also be a sign of maybe something else is brewing mm. under the surface. Mm. So, um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know how to feel about this question or the, the, the kind of going deeper on your initial mm. question, because I don't, if I've been in a church body, I feel like it's mm -hmm. probably a better question if I've been in a church body for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, oh. What, the question, that's what the person meant. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's been mm -hmm. a year or two and I'm like, I'm like, oh, is there actual like accountability happening? Mm -hmm. Are we just meeting on Sunday? I think it points back to like community, honestly. Like, is there that um, the discipline of, of confession happening? Like there, and that's just an example. It's not church discipline, but that would be like a healthy feature of how maybe the dynamic of how these types of conversations would even start. And so, I don't know, I, there are definitely some things that are one are sensitive and two, it's just not wise to mm -hmm. share with a, a large audience. Like that's not edifying to the larger church mm -hmm. body. Like it, it, it's not even appropriate. It would probably be mishandling the situation. It would be a poor like steward, stewarding mm -hmm. of, um, of the situation. And so, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, maybe a yellow flag. That's what I was going to say. Really? Oh my gosh, I was literally like, that's a uh, yellow flag. Just stop and like, yeah. maybe just consider, learn more, like, yeah. ask, ask why. Yeah. Tell us that we are on the same wow. wavelength. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Heart eyes. I'm sending. <laughs> I love you, Stu. Um, moving on. <laughs> Wait, but your your thoughts to me on that? Because <laughs> yeah, I think that was just my. I was like, yeah, you you probably just need to ask why. Because I think it goes back. Like, is it just that? Because I guess on one end, if there just seems to be a lot of church discipline, maybe that is a good thing. Maybe like I don't know. It, it could be like there's addressing sin. Yeah, addressing sin. But on the other hand, maybe when there isn't church discipline, maybe people are just growing, they're learning. So maybe also different phase. Yeah, you'd really need to ask why. Because, yeah, so I'd say yellow flag as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can move on to another um, topic or like red flag that I saw actually pop up quite a lot. And this one was related to worship. And specifically, they listed like, specific bands and there are some like worship bands that people are like don't listen to this type of worship band and if a church is playing this type of worship band you should this is a red flag for the church i don't know if i should list but i'm sure you like know the specific names but yeah so do you think like worship bands like if a church is playing a certain worship band can that be a red flag is it not a red flag <laughs> yeah as a worship pastor for 10 years. Um, oh my, okay. I have thoughts. Um, so, I mean, kind of my background is I've, you know, I've worked for really reformed SBC churches, but also I've worked for Foursquare Assembly of God churches. I led worship for prophecy services. So I've led the whole theological gamut. Very diverse. Yes. Um, so for me, that's, it's drawing, this is a whole different conversation, but it's kind of, draw, sometimes of it, I think it's drawing the line between artistic expression versus theological um, explanation. So for me, uh-huh. like, I will say, like, in a church, like, I have no issue using Bethel or Hillsong or anything like that. I just don't. And that's me as a worship pastor or worship leader in the past. That's never been... A hang up for me if there's anything like if there's something that's like amazingly heretical yes i won't use that <laughs> but if it's like this is like an artistic this is an artistic expression of something that god's done in their life then if that's i'm that's fair game for me but obviously if it's total heresy that's a whole different conversation right but but that's always been my perspective on it i know i have other worship leader friends who think differently on that where they'll do like strong theological songs and avoid any of like any artistic like kind of vagueness um i think this is a good way of putting it um so that's a very but i mean i I pretty much draw like maybe it's a gray area for me so i'm definitely not very black and white when it comes to that as some maybe some people i work with um in the past Mm. um so yeah that for me that's always been yeah i've had this you bring up this question i've had this conversation many many times in Mm. the last 15 years of my life so Any thoughts from you guys? I can go based on personally. So I would say my thoughts and then I'd say like a follow up, like thoughts that I know people bring up for that. But I think my thoughts is, yeah, if the like song itself that we're singing is biblical, it's like there is no heresy, as you said. I don't see why we shouldn't sing the song and like glorify God in the song. I think some songs are like beautiful and regardless but i do know that one thing that people say is but aren't you just giving these like bands money and supporting like maybe promotion of other songs that maybe aren't as biblical as the one that you are listening to but yeah 
That's interesting on how that the, that question. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking a little bit more on it because yeah. I'm. It's fair yeah. if you don't have thoughts right now because it is. We can always come back. Like, yeah, I do have thoughts. Okay, <laughs> but they're. I think they're pretty. Like, I think neutral thoughts. Mm. I think yellow flag again. Mm. Um, I think we have freedom. <laughs> I think we do have freedom. Yeah. I think it's not probably wise to be to approach it in a legalistic way. Like, well, mm. we're totally eliminating any song that comes from this church. Mm. And if you sing that song, then you are, you have strayed <laughs> and you have rejected the faith. I think, <laughs> so I think we do have freedom. And I think there's, there's a call for us. I think generally as we're, I feel like as we're asking these questions, as these questions I should be asking as well as there's a call for wisdom and discernment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like listening to the Holy Spirit and you know, looking at scripture and seeing what is true and good and like looking at these like passages from Philippians, like what is good, what is true and um, taking what the world is saying and bringing it back to what um, scripture is saying mm-hmm. is reality. And so I think like, we do have a lot of freedom. Like Joel, as you were saying like, well, yeah, yeah, we'll tell we totally, you know, sing this type of song or worship to this type of song. And I think like all of us who are on this right now in some capacity are part of oh, worship at, at the church we're currently at, First SF. Um, so I'm in, I'm only a choir member, but some of us in greater only? capacity. <laughs> Sounds like I'm, important. You're like the toe. Everybody parts is important. <laughs> the toe? That's her reference to the church body. I am happen to be a toe. Tabitha always calls me a toe. So like... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We're, we're a toe pair. Who's who? <laughs> but truly, I think like worship is so important. I feel like if we, what's the heart of worship? If we're really wrapped up on, hey, where's this song coming from? Like we should be discerning. There should be wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and the doctrine is important of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctrine definitely is important of songs. Like if Jesus isn't mentioned and we've been singing for 20 minutes, that's a problem. And I know we could all nod because that's we've maybe experienced that or seen that or, or heard of that at least. Um, but yeah, doctrine is important. It should line up with what with with scriptural jo- doctrine. Like it shouldn't be cut off from that. It shouldn't just be a feeling experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. I think it's important. I think we should think about it, but there is definitely a call for us to be wise and discern. And um, I don't think it should be a red flag necessarily. Yeah, I agree with what Tabitha was saying that it is, I think with the, so far the questions, um, I think when you're looking at red flags and, you know, green flags for church, um, you have to have discernment. You have to have wisdom on that front because uh, worship I would say it is it's you know if you, like Tabitha said it's like if you don't hear about Jesus in the worship it's like okay well then what what's being reflected um definitely a red flag where yeah what's being even if you're when you're sussing out even a job interview or like if you're on for example just an analogy um you're gonna ask questions you're gonna figure out like what's the culture what's going on what are, what do they value do I fit here is this um aligning to scripture to truth in addition to if you're gonna buy a car you're gonna look under the hood um so I think asking questions of well, why do you sing these worship songs I think when mm-hmm. we start looking at it in a more 
black and white of like, well, if you are singing ABC songs, well, then you're clearly not a good church. Um, so I can't go here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're bypassing the entire relationship of community, um, of, uh, you know, getting to know other believers. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. Did you have additional thoughts, Tabitha? I do. And I could mention it later too, but I feel like a collective under under um, pull or undertone of all of this is, um, and there's a call for us as we're looking at red flags and, and using discernment and wisdom to also um, realize, and I'm sure, I feel like you're already going to ask questions here, but like realize and maybe even recognize what are ways that I can come into this? Mm-hmm. Like Olga, you're saying, hey, like open up that hood, like look at the oil, like what's happening here? Uh, like there's an enga- a call for engagement because I think it's really easy for people to, um, to I don't want to use the word criticize, but maybe provide feedback, uh, and, but not really... Um, make that make that jump into how to contribute to uh, a new perspective or say, hey, like, how does this line up with scripture? I don't know. I think there's like a call for us for mm-hmm. serving and contributing and communicating, communicating, because we're not, you know, it's not a, we're not looking, it's not a fishbowl. We're not just looking in at churches. Like we're also the church. We're looking, mm-hmm. we're part of the body. And so, um, yeah, I think there's a call for us to be engaging even as we're church searching or we're part of a church that maybe is expressing something that we're concerned about. Like, how can I come alongside rather than just leave and start afresh somewhere else? So, Yeah, that was going to be my closing out question so we can get back to it. But I just want to emphasize for like our listeners that I purposely chose more nuanced, like maybe yellow flags, like questions, because mm. I do think there are, like, I do want to acknowledge that there are people who have been really deeply hurt by the church. And I don't think in some cases, I don't think you can like, for the sake of your health, come alongside the church. I know in these cases, I, I mm-hmm. yeah. So I do think there is some nuance to that as well. Like there is some cases of like sexual abuse or things like that where maybe it's a little bit harder to just like say, come alongside the church and help. So I know, yeah, I assume that's what you meant, but yeah, we'll, we can point. circle yeah, back to yeah. this as well. But yeah, so another um, red flag that I saw pop up as well quite often is if a pastor during his sermons doesn't talk enough about smaller sins, such as greed, gluttony, but only emphasizes like bigger sins, like, I don't know, sexual immorality or, yeah, if there is no balance between like, oh, I should say quote unquote, smaller sins, like greed, gluttony, I don't know, like not being, some yeah, you get what I mean by quote unquote, smaller sins. If there is no like balance there, is that a red flag? For me, there that is. I mean, just the fact to, um, I mean, just my church experience. That's kind of, I've seen that. <laughs> so, um, just I'm like, wait, we're talking about this, but we're not willing to confront this. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of those conversations. Yeah, kind of those conversations. Like, okay, I get why we're dealing with this. That makes total sense. It's a big issue, but this is just as much as an issue. Whether that's mm-hmm. like something, something mm-hmm. like quote unquote unquote. Or in quotes, whatever, <laughs> however you say it. Yeah. It's a lot of quotes. <laughs> like in quotes, like the yeah. small sins or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, like greed or like anything like that. Or like, you know, um, what's one? Like being, you know, lay. Jealousy. Know, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 There's mm-hmm. one I was going to like. My, it's White not, lies. Yeah. Yeah. Gluttony. Yeah. So many stuff like that where, you know, I think it, it's something that needs to be talked about as well, mm-hmm. too. Yes. Yes. There's the 
things we should be talking about that usually most churches hit on, but also that, you know, if we're not, if we're talking about obedience in our whole life, Mm -hmm. then if we're not, that's, those are all part of our life that we should be, that should Mm -hmm. be kind of given over to God too. So, um, Mm Because in God's eyes, sin is sin. Yeah. He doesn't have a ranking of, oh, well, you did this one. This one, eh. It's just, it's sin. I feel like the weight of sin, yes, there isn't a ranking, but I feel like the impact of sin Mm -hmm. is different. So I feel like through our human uh, measuring systems, like, well, that's clearly like a bigger sin. Um, But... uh, yeah, if it's something's not true, if something's, it's funny because I feel like I do hear not funny but mm-hmm. uh, interesting that I do hear uh, like church, um, different sources of church leadership, like and I mean the church, like the global church, mm-hmm. the universal church, um, say oh like source of sin is always pride, like that's where sin is mm-hmm. coming from. And so again, I feel like maybe it falls in line with the nuanced uh, disclaimer that you were sharing on, excuse me, because yeah, I definitely echo things from Joel as well, as well, where it is an issue when um, there's blatant things that aren't being addressed. And that's clearly that the scripture is addressing this and mm-hmm. we're maybe pulling out something else from it. So mm. I think being uh, like, there's a, there's a question maybe for the teaching, maybe that's the heart of the question. Like how, what is the teaching mm-hmm. and is it, um, how is it addressing what the text is saying and what God, you know, what are we supposed to learn and apply here? And uh, the call for obedience and and uh, reflecting on God's character. Like, okay, how is this? Um, um, ref- what are we reading and what are we saying in, re- in, in response to what the text actually says? I think there's a call there for, mm-hmm. um, for applying the text and communicating that in a way that's actually accurate. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Like overall, like if I went to a church, yeah, it's kind of hard to, yeah, I guess like if I went to a church and they just keep like harping on like, I don't know, sexual Mm -hmm. immorality or like, of course that is important. But if I have been there for like, I don't know, years and I don't see them talk about, I don't know, quote unquote, smaller sins, I will ask like, have you discussed this? Like, or is this just implied? Maybe it's supposed to be like an implied, like you're supposed to know that this is a sin. And then I would be like, oh, maybe we should just, you know, state that this should be a sin or like, yeah, something like that. But I agree uh, with everything that you guys said. I had a thought and then it left me. So, well, it's gone. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never, there was something there. It, it, was, it felt like it was wise. And now uh, I yeah. don't remember anymore. Random fact, but someone also said a red flag was if you see Christ-centered dating resources on the church's website. <laughs> Some of these were oddly specific. That's very specific. They were like, that's a very big red flag. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I think I'll close us off with this last one, which has also been like gaining more popularity as of late as well is diversity in a church. And I'm not just speaking racially, I'm speaking socioeconomically, I'm speaking age. Like if there is no like, diversity or at least everyone in the church seems to think the same same political leanings same ideologies they look the same they earn the same is that a red flag or or is that just mm. wow <laughs> man this is a, it's a great question i okay so i grew up in a eastern european 
faith-based church. Hmm. So we had people from Russia, from Belarus, Ukraine, pretty much every all the countries from the former Soviet Union, um, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, um, some from Germany. Um, we all were essentially white. Um, we all look roughly the same, mm-hmm. um, but we have different languages. We also have different cultures. So I, I think with this question, it's, I think it is fairly important because the gospel reaches everyone, regardless of where you are in economic status, where you are um, based off the color of your skin, nationality, ethnicity, gender, et cetera. Like the gospel is bigger than that. Um, So I'm going to leave that there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have thoughts. um, And I feel like this could be like a half hour answer and it won't be, I promise. But my my point is maybe I won't get to everything I'm thinking mm-hmm. of in the moment. But diversity, yes, like diversity is beautiful and it's meaningful and important. And so when I look at green flags for churches, that's definitely something I think about. And I love the way you're kind of expanding on that to me, like, oh, not just diversity and like, where's everyone from? <laughs> that's also important. Um but it's actually something I've been thinking about recently mm. uh, that's really been on my mind and heart and feeling a lot of conviction about. Because um, one, I feel like as humans, we definitely tend to uh, pull towards people who mm. mirror us, whether it's in thoughts, whether it's in ideology, whether it's in, in so many different ways. Like we look for sameness, like, oh, you're different the same way. Sometimes we look mm. for that, uh, that type of like fellowship. And um, I... <laughs> Uh, it 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 uh, it makes me laugh a little bit because it's very convicting of how uh, uncomfortable it can be. It's really uncomfortable to reach outside our comfort zones and 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 sit with someone and and hear a different thought and and maybe it's an opposition to what I'm thinking and feeling and maybe it's also a feature of being in a city like San Francisco where all constantly. Um, confronted with and engaging with a culture that's very different from our own. And here I'm speaking specifically now, like at First SF, First Baptist San Francisco. Um, But even in that, like, are we just becoming this one like ubiquitous, like (laughs) like church culture, Mm -hmm. even though we're very different, are we um, thinking the same? And and, um, I don't, truth is steady, like it doesn't change. Um, And so I'm not, yeah, it doesn't change. Um, but, uh, even like thinking about, yeah, you were saying about like political differences. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I feel like very convicted just for myself, but also just, I can recognize within the church and within, um, the church, like evangelical church in America, how we do tend to gravitate towards sameness, towards what mirrors me and mm-hmm. how like the churches, like Baptist churches in in San Francisco are a little bit different than the ones in, you know, the East coast or the Southeast or et cetera. So, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting reflection point um, that, yeah, diversity is important. Like different theological like backgrounds, like, oh, I would never listen to, you know, someone or even read a commentary from this. Like, I think it's important. Like we're all part of the church body. We're making the toe joke earlier, like (laughs) we're two toes. But but I think it really points to the diversity of giftings and talents and um, 
like different ways that God is convicting us, different ways we can learn from each other. There's like a humility involved too. Like, wow, I don't know everything. And mm-hmm. I really don't agree with that, but I need to, like they're creating the image of God and I, I want to sit in here. And yeah, I think there's a call for us to like maybe humble ourselves, mm-hmm. maybe humble myself as well. And not saying that I believe or, or trust all sources of knowledge, but I think mm-hmm. there's a real call for me. I'm starting with myself, but a real call for us to, to sit and look for ways to relate and to bring it back to the gospel, bring it back to the truth, but don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be afraid of of, of it all. Um, yeah. So, I would add that we shouldn't idolize it. Also true. <laughs> but we shouldn't um, dismiss it. Yeah. And I think... Uh, diversity, we, it, I think that it also en- ends up talking about even culture of how what how is culture playing into that as mm-hmm. well? Um, because culture is very subtle, subtle, excuse me, um, and can you don't quite always notice how it um, can influence you in even your perception of reading the Bible. Mm. That's true, yeah. If you've never seen snow, like, what does that mean to you? Like, why does snow? Like, okay. like. Mm. I feel like, for me, when I, when I think about this, it's not, a, I don't know how to explain it, it's not exactly a red flag just because of the, like, diversity itself. It's, it's just concerning for me because the gospel is universal. Like, the gospel mm. should should touch everybody the gospel god's like the holy spirit transcends like socioeconomic backgrounds he transcends like gender as like jet female male <laughs> like gender yeah. i don't want to be a heretic on this <laughs> but yeah so i'm like if a church is just like one type of person else to me that's just it's really concerning it feels like that means are you just are you preaching something more than the gospel? Are you like extrapolating too far to mm. where only a certain type of people will come to your church? To me, that's why it's concerning. Because I feel like if the gospel is preached right, then all should be reached. Mm-hmm. And of course, like there are like certain things that will be done to make your church more conducive for like certain people and like different types of people. And that is really important in my opinion. But yeah, to me that's where it's con it's concerning because I don't know. I just, yeah. And of course, like you guys said, diversity is important, like in the way we think and in, and I agree, sure, don't idolize it, but definitely keep it as important because Mm -hmm. it is important. Like I even just, like I was thinking the first thing that came to mind was that Titus like verse where it says like older women teach younger women. And I was like, if there were no, if it was just old women in this like church, who would they be teaching? Or if it was only the young people congregating together, where, who would they learn from? So there is like, and yeah, so I do think it's important and it would be concerning if I just like saw a church that was exactly the same. Yeah. That would be yeah. scary too. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's so scary. Yeah. I, I, I do have to say though, with this, it, it when you do see people, when you do see churches that are all the same, mm-hmm. it, I, I would say look into it. Um, in a way, it could be a, a yellow flag. Yeah. Oh, and also, of course, like location matters. I just want to put that like, of course, there are some places where like there's a majority like race or majority like socioeconomic status. Yeah. So, of course, this is like talking in like, yeah, broader senses. Yeah. 
There's a lot of layers yeah, with this question. Yeah. I mean, and some churches may be better equipped to address like certain needs in the That's community. That's true. So I think there's like room for that as well, like urban settings or mm-hmm. more suburban or, mm-hmm. you know, the type of people who live there or mm-hmm. like the occupation, but it, it should be, yeah. Um, I think like when I, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about this question in the past. And um, so I grew up in a primarily Asian American church um or just the asian church experience in general so um but i know for me i think i remember studying i think it was an intercultural ministry class in seminary and i had to write about like um kind of this what we're talking about right now is i remember and you know i think kind of what you said Sumi, i think there's a space for especially if english is in your heart language mm-hmm. obviously uh-huh. that's going to be a in this conference is a very nuanced thing where i remember i was working for a chinese church and we had a Primarily, we had. I worked for the English ministry, but the ma- the main ministry was Mandarin because most of the people in that church only spoke Mandarin. So I was like, mm-hmm. obviously, in that kind of situation, you need, um, you need that space, and you know, and you know, it's interesting because I've had friends who feel called to like to work in the Filipino church or to work in the Chinese church. Mm-hmm. So especially, at least for the ministry side, like I have friends mm-hmm. who like they feel like they feel called to these communities mm-hmm. because, you know, at least for me, that I don't feel it's like my calling at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have friends where like my heart is for the Chinese mm-hmm. or the Filipino culture. Yeah. So there is that space for that, mm-hmm. um, for people to, you know, cause obviously those people still need someone to lead those flocks. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but at least for myself, I know like, I think having, I think what Claire was saying type of like having grown up here in San Francisco, like kind of multicultural, not even church, like the school I was in just to, you know, I grew up kind of where it was a majority Filipino, but we still had every other type of person there too. Mm-hmm. But, um, for me, that's always been important. I've always, I've always had a heart for multicultural ministry. And that's when, at least like, I, I remember coming here in 2008 and that was the first thing. That's one of the things that drew me to this church was the, just, I remember even first that, SF specific. Yeah. Or, or mm-hmm. I guess first Baptist at the time. Um, <laughs> rebrand. <laughs> so yeah, before the rebrand. Um, but I remember like becoming here my very first Sunday and then just being, I was in the band at the time and just kind of like our, Worship pass were Samoan. Our one of our other singers, you know, was from you know we're like five or six different races on stage. And for mm-hmm. me, that was always like, oh, this is really cool. And having grown up in a church or a school that was very similar, like black, white, whatever, like we had the whole gamut that mm-hmm. you can think of uh, ethnically, racially, socioeconomically. And that was kind of the reasons that that's what drew me here, mm-hmm. um, and probably what's kept me here at a certain level too. Um, so. So that's very nuanced way of saying, yes, I, I believe I think we should be, as a church, we should be striving for diversity just in all the ways. But obviously there's spaces mm-hmm. where, you know, obviously if I went to a Russian church, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very helpful. But so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? No, Maybe you learn Russian. You never know. Russian, yeah. You never but know. I mean, but like, I mean, kind of that space yeah. is a nuance. But like, I think just as a whole, I think we should be thinking about like kind of the whole, like, you know, God came and gave Jesus for all of us, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so for me, that's you know, I, I think it's going to reflect itself differently in different churches. Because even if in the Asian American church, mm-hmm. that looks different depending on whether you're Baptist or you know a Chinese church that's much more Pentecostal. So that's going to look even different in that way. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, like I guess there's a lot of nuances to that. But yeah, I think it, we should be striving for mm-hmm. like 
we shouldn't be an echo chamber. I think that's yeah. kind of that's kind that's of what right. yeah. I think that's probably what the question is again. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be an echo chamber. So mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I cut, <laughs> no, no, I no. Cut you off. Carry on. I was um, just saying I love that yeah. thought by Joel. Yeah. Um, we definitely are all created in the image of God, and we all, you know, there's different parts of that image that we get to reflect, and it's really beautiful to see different. I don't know, different parts of God's image. And that comes courtesy of the diversity. So not just chasing the part of the image that we reflect ourselves, but looking at the other aspects as well. And I had the whole like moment of slightly tearing up back here. Oh my. <laughs> it's normal for me. But uh, True. <laughs> not wrong. But um, so I, I definitely, I grew up in an ethnic church as well, just for the audience sake. I grew up in an ethnic church. Um, first time uh, being in a very like, multicultural, diverse, social, social and economic church as well was here, was as well as was here. I can't speak. But um, my mom, for the first time, visited a few years ago, and she got the chance to visit church. And that was really important to me and uh, for her to see where I did life and served and meet friends. And part of her reflection was like, wow, I feel like this is what heaven's going to be like. There's a, there's, there's like, so many parts of the world all in one body and it was really beautiful uh to hear my mom say that but even as we're talking about it now like wow that is really beautiful mm-hmm. and it's not something to be afraid of um so i feel very encouraged by by her then but by us now as we're kind of wrestling with it so i love the thoughts thank you all so much for sharing where we've been trying to keep our podcast shorter now so we're almost at the 45 minutes mark so we're just quickly going to do yp solves your problems quick thoughts and this question is really quick as well which is the person just wrote in like how do i decide what movies or tv shows to watch like what yeah how do i know what to watch what do you guys use to discern yeah (laughs) <laughs> all of us are very quiet now <laughs> um, if it tempts you to sin don't watch it like yeah if there's yeah if it's a weakness like, hmm. I, don't I feel know like if, oh, oh I feel like that's a good place to start if it's you know tempting you if it's causing you to sin you probably shouldn't Go the other direction. I don't know if that's just like a. I I find that too vague for me. It so is, maybe it depends it on who you are. Because I feel like I can just be like, okay, I won't be tempted, and then I'll just like watch whatever. At least I can see myself doing that. So so for me, what is concrete and what really helps me is age ratings. Maybe I'm just like that's practical. Too, yeah, I just nice. think it's practical for me. So maybe yeah. for this listener, it is as well. Joel, closing thoughts. Um, I think definitely know your limits. I think that that's one of those. Yeah. I think maybe kind of, oops, my bad. Um, ironically, I'm the one who set this all up. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, kind of like also what you guys said already, but I think if you know that if it's something that triggers something within you, like probably shouldn't watch that if it's whether that's emotional or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love my blood and gore. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So I love Walking Dead. I was um, concerned where that was going. So, so I mean, but, but for me, that's not like maybe it should be. But I mean, it's not like that doesn't like doing like maybe I'm desensitized at this point. That isn't life. a limit for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it isn't a limit mm-hmm. for you. But probably there's other things like things I couldn't watch just because it's going to trigger me in some other way. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. kind of that. I mean, on top of the sin thing, that's a whole. I mean, that's a 
thing in itself too. But, um, but on top of that, um, just kind of, I guess for me, just being self-aware of where things might either hurt you or something like that. Something else I'll quickly add is I feel like even just apart from tempting me to sin, if I feel like a TV show or movie glorifies sin, then I just don't think it's edifying to watch. I don't think it brings glory to God. So yeah, you also have to discern that. Yeah. Also ask, right? You can ask someone. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's even a website called Common Sense Media where you can look up like TV shows, movies, even books. And then you get like, yeah, yeah. reviews. So a trusted source person. Yeah. Uh, I think... To be able to discern what to watch and what to like listen, you know, et cetera. Don't do it in a vacuum. Have people around you to help you figure that out. Um also read the Bible, serve there, and just try to understand what God is calling you to first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be easier. And I think the big thing, Joel mentioned it too, it's like, you no, know, like know, be self-aware, know yourself, um, understand how you work as a human being. Um, really, how how did God make you? Um, and I think that will help lead that understanding of what is okay and what's not, and what works and what was what isn't working. Nice. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you took something away. And thank you to Joel, Tabitha, and Olga who also spoke on this episode. And yeah, we'll see you in our next one. Bye.